So that was the fantastic noise of our cabin porthole as the water swished around it with the ship's engine in the background. Uh, and that welcomes you to episode 30 of the Request 2021 podcast. So this episode is entitled Drake Out uh, and it covers our five days sailing across the infamous Drake Passage between South America and the Antarctic Peninsula. It includes, among other things, uh, Sam discussing his personal project, uh, which involved deploying Argo floats in the Drake, uh, Alex chilling out while strumming his guitar. Uh, there's some recording of uh, some of our sail training theory sessions and uh, also Darcy's knitting lessons. Then at the end, we have our request interview with one of our fellow passengers, that's uh, Aurelie. She's a French lady from near Marseille in the south of France uh, who was on White Watch with Genevieve, Darcy and I. Any thoughts after that? Glad to have got it over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah been a long time waiting to get it over quite so. exciting though it was yeah it was, and yeah. It, quite nice that you can now look up the data of that particular float yeah and it'll um, be there for we, 10 we know, years have we got the gps of where we are we do that was recorded so that's cool and it apparently goes down for nine days and then pops back up to the surface yeah right? it goes in 10 day cycles uh-huh. um, so down for nine and then back up for one yeah um, and then it repeats that okay cool that's brilliant Oh. Saw it sailing away behind us. One of our projects is well underway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're used by um, meteorological organisations in the countries um, and other interested parties like the British Antarctic Survey um, to see what it tells them, really. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Seems to go pretty smoothly. Yeah. How many more you got to chuck in? Uh, I'd hopefully get another one in on the way back. But right. There's a possibility we can do one on the way back. Hopefully. Yeah. But and even just the, the data for one. You, say, you choose, or is it the moment because there's no wind without wind? Um, basically, yeah. Um, so it can't be inside uh, 200 miles of a country, mm-hmm. and it can't be in. Um, be oh, yeah, below yeah. 60. It can't be below 60 degrees. So there was only yeah. about 150 miles, which was today, um, really, to Where get it in. Where it was possible. Yeah. Okay, so luckily, you're a lucky man now. Luckily the wind stopped. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. the right time.
And that was the sound of George warming his hands up. <laughs> probably quite a bit of wind noise in the background but uh, just finishing our shift you can hear the water splashing over the decks nice high waves anyway time for bed swashing and swishing across the decks of the boat it sort of comes in the side at the bottom of the panel boards and uh, there's little holes and the water drains down the deck as the boat creaks from side to side It sounds like there's a possibility that we might be going to Elephant Island. Um, whether we can land on Elephant Island or not, well, that would just be amazing. Um, it's looking like we could actually end up at Elephant Island on the 5th of January, which is the, the date of Shackleton's passing, which would just be incredible. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we were originally heading to the South Shetland Islands. Uh, but the wind has sort of taken us further east, so it's looking like we might be exploring the east side of the peninsula and the Weddell Sea. But we'll find out in the next day or two. The watch system's going okay. Um, we've got a spreadsheet that we've set up uh, to get the watch working. I'm on white watch. Uh, and from the scouts, I've got uh, Genevieve. And I've also got Darcy, uh, who are uh, from our group, but we've got a load of people from other parts of the world, and uh, American, German, uh, Germans, um, and uh, a French lady uh, who are in my watch. Uh, they've been amazing, really nice to meet them all. So we've got Paul, we've got Axel, we've got Matthew, we've got Pepin, uh, we've got Aurelie, um, they're all on my watch. 
along with Genevieve and Darcy. And then Mark, uh, who we met on the way here, is also on White Watch. Uh, Mark is from Merseyside. Uh, so, a right mix of people. Matthew from, uh, I think he said the States, but I think he was born in England. We've got a watch system where we sort of change every half hour, but we move around every quarter of an hour. Ah. Alan, you are tough. Sorry? You are really tough, Alan, that you do all this job all over the time. <laughs> it's got to be done. Yeah. It's for the podcast. <laughs> nice comment from Axel there. So when you're listening to this in the future, Axel. Hello, Aurelise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is your podcast. Yeah, I'm recording for the podcast again. <laughs> can I go to Stia? And yes, I think okay. you can. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be going out as well now, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I better check. So I'll go up there. Just to say that we didn't actually make it to Elephant Island in the end uh, because of the winds um, and our first landing ended up being Penguin Island. Uh, but that gave us more time uh, and more than made up for it by the fact that we later got to visit Port Lockroy instead. <laughs> Right, so I'm going up on watch and I'm on lookout. So let's go and relieve someone. Okay. Paul, how long have you been out? Not too long, just now. I think I've been just out now. 15 minutes. Uh, am I relieving? You just got here too. Okay. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm just recording for the podcast, so. Now Matthew also just came out, so. Um, oh, okay. If you're leaving anyone, it's probably at the. At the no, at the I just I came off there, so I don't know how that works. Uh, okay. I don't know. No worries. Sorry, I should have looked at the schedule better, but I'm hopefully uninformed. Not a problem. Ah, oh, so nice. Yeah, those Cape Petrols with the Custom white and the little bit of black them. flecks on. Yeah, I got some really nice pictures, I think. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And George was uh, photographing them just now on his really old camera. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that's... You, you need to be a talented photo well, photographer to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm not, so I just <laughs> shoot a hundred and, and hope that's two decent pics. Yeah. yeah. Take a take hundred and find the best one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, Jen's, out well, Jen's going back in. That's weird. Right, so there has been a changeover. Maybe. How, you reckon you've been out, what, quarter of an hour? Honestly, I don't know. Oh, okay. 
I only know that um, I think that Matthew just came up to relieve me, and I thought, no, that can't be. I've just been here, and then we relieved Axel. That sounds right because Axel was already here. Okay. So of the two of us, he ought to be relieved. Our shift system's working brilliantly, podcast listeners. <laughs> oh, it is. You know, <laughs> we just don't memorize it properly, but it is working. Yeah. When it works, it works well. Yeah. When it doesn't, doesn't matter. So we got the sails set. Albatross. Where? Oh wow! Beautiful albatross flying past. That's quite a yeah, nice one. It's really flying low. They're beautiful birds. It's not a wandering albatross, no. but it is an albatross and it's quite a big wingspan. So we've got these uh, ropes all around the ship, which allow us to uh, move around when it's quite rough and windy and wet safely. These Cape Petrels keep coming in quite close. Still there in the distance. You can see it? Yeah. There it is. I can't see it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I can see him. Flying quite low. Yeah. Wow. Really privileged to see some of this wildlife already, and we haven't even got to Antarctica yet. I'm going to go back and uh, just double check the schedule, make sure I'm not supposed to be anywhere. That noise you can hear is my hand moving along the safety rail. And coming back in. This cabin door could be, but oh, let's just get some more sound from the ocean. Just put that down here. Right, we're right by the water now. So I'm right on the edge of the ship, looking out over the side. Absolutely amazing. The sea seems to be a, a sort of turquoisey blue. Uh, very clear. The water looks really clear and clean. I suppose as we get near to Antarctica, we get more um, iceberg melt. Water. Be interesting to see what uh, Sam's Argo fleet picks up and where we can study some of that data which we dropped in the Drake Passage. That's exciting yesterday. 
There you go, you've got the sound of the sea hopefully nice and clear in the background. I can hear it on the uh, microphone. I'm probably in the water now, it's coming right up, so I'm going to go in. Ooh. When the boat leans right over, <laughs> you're almost on the edge of the edge of the water. Yeah, it's great as it comes over. Right, let's tackle this door. So it's 3.30 a.m. on the 4th of January 2022. It's a rude awakening being woken up for the 4 till 8 shift. <laughs> uh, I was rushing around trying to get ready. Uh, we were trying to sort out the uh, rotor, work out whether it was 7 or 8 people we had. I uh, thought it was 7, set the spreadsheet up for 7. <laughs> and then realized it was eight. Um, anyway, I'm out on uh, lookout. Matt's on the other side, Matthew's on the other side. And we managed to get Mark and Aurelie on the wheel. It's uh, obviously been quite a, a wet, stormy night. Just spoke to Matt Wood, who's just come off shift and uh, they've been messing around with sails and uh, I think they've had quite a hard night. The weather's really, you can hear it in the background. I mean, it's just uh, wet and sleety and cold. Um, but we're getting there. So uh, I've only got to do the first quarter of an hour of this shift and then go back in and change around the rotor for everyone else, make sure it's correct for eight people. It normally works really well when there's an even number of people, so that's good. We get half an hour off and then half an hour on duty. So I'll go and get that ready. But the uh, the sleet is uh, really quite painful on the face. Visibility, uh, we're looking at, oh, you can see for a couple of miles, but it is quite misty after that. Um, the sea is choppy, but nowhere near as choppy as it has been. Um, I think I'll sign off for now, finish my duty. So, 
good about this whole business that wasn't there then? And they called it, what do you put on top of the course? Top sail. Yeah. Top sail. So they had the top sail. Left and right, left and right, and then However, sailing with two sails this big with a crew of like maybe four people is pretty difficult. So they decided, why not cut the top sail in half? So then you have the lower top sail. the upper top so okay that went pretty well but still not really fast so they wanted to add another sail also to make the ship look a little more gallons so they added the top gallant So, top gallant was nice, four sails, pretty good, pretty fast. But then you had the Queen of England, no, probably not, Some kind of king or queen wanted their ship to be even bigger because kings and queens always want their ships to be bigger and their fleets to be bigger and their armies to be bigger. So they added the royal. The royal. Very well. <laughs> okay, well, now we've got five sails. Up on the mast right now, there is five sails, however, we have another one who isn't up right now because that is too high and too dangerous. But if we sail outside Antarctica, so in the tropics or wherever, we have the last sail. The hat. The hat, exactly. No, it's pretty straightforward. It's the highest sail, so it reaches the sky. Sky, sky sail. Okay, that's it. That's the whole. So you have this nice row of sails, it's the same on both masts, uh, you just add four cores, four lower top sail, four upper top sail, and so on. So those are the sails. This is a very professional drawing of a square sail, you guys can see it all. So, um, why don't we go through all the lines attached to a sail like this? So, who for instance knows what these lines are called? Bunt lines. Yes. So the bunt lines are in Dutch shirt of Hordingen. And I like to keep that in mind because Hording, it, look, it sounds like the word Hordijn, which is curtain in Dutch. And the bunt lines kind of work like a curtain. So if you haul away on them, they bring up the foot of the sail. So kind of like you have a curtain in front of your window, it does the same. So these are the bunt lines. So next up you have this line, and that is attached all the way to the center, either the center of, or the side of the sail, depends on the sail. And this line pulls up the corner of the sail to the yard. Do you guys know the name? Clue. Yes. Clue line. Clue line. Okay, then we have this line and it goes to the aft of the ship. So if you want to set a sail, you have to haul on this line in order to pull down the corners of the sail. Do you know it? Sheet. Yes, the sheet. 
And then for some of the sails, uh, especially the courses, you have another line that most of the time goes forward. And that is also to position the corner. So as you know, the courses aren't attached to, the, to a yard at the bottom. They're just attached to nothingness. So you use the sheet to keep them in place, but also the... Yes, the tack. So it's, it looks like this one's going forward and this one's going up, but it's the other way around. Uh, so then you have one more line, which is a bit hidden away, but let's say it goes like this and then through some block and then down. And this is used to hoist the yard. Do you know the name? Yes, the halyard. Okay, that's about the um, basic lines that are useful to know when you're setting a square sail. So there's a difference between square sails that are fixed, they have fixed yards, or square sails that have moving yards. So do you guys know which of the sails have fixed yards and which of the sails have moving yards, running yards? Lower main is fixed. Excuse me? The lower main is Yes, the main is fixed, and the lower the top sills are fixed. No, the lower top sill is fixed, and then from up there, it's all running yards. So let's start with the fixed yards. That's a bit easier because there's less steps. So for me, that is easier. So if you want to set a sail, so before that, sorry, where where are leech lines? Leech lines. Oh, they are the lines that go to the leech of the sail so they are basically bunt lines but they don't go straight down to the foot but they go to the side of the sail so if you for instance see the course you can see that there is a little hole on the side where a line is attached to so that just gathers it inwards rather than when yeah. you put it up in yeah exactly so it does the same as the bunt lines but in a different direction good that you Ask. Mostly, most of the times, um, we just call the leech lines the bunt lines as well. It's because all the sails have leech lines, but we just say clues and bunts. It's easier to say, haul away on the clues and the bunts and the leech and the, you know. So, those are the leech lines. So, if you want to set a square sail, what is the first thing you have to do? Exactly. You unfurl the sail. Have you guys done that already? Not at height. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl, is that with an I or with a U? Yeah, thought so. Yeah. It's a bit weird. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna unfurl the sail. Um, to do that, you have to go up the mast, obviously. And the sail is attached with gaskets, which are basically just tiny rope's tied around the yard, so around the horizontal boom situation. And what you're gonna, it's pretty straightforward. You just take off the gaskets. If it's really windy, uh, make sure you start with the leeward side because if you start on windward side, it's just gonna blow up all of a sudden. So um, just take off the gaskets, put them in a nice coil and this, and you will see that the sails are nice and hanging like little baggies. And then you go down again, of course, because we need the hands downstairs. Then you have your next step. What do you want to do? Release. Really? Take the 
you know, strain up the sheet. Are we taking it up or down? We're taking it, we're putting it up. So oh, we want the sail right. to be there. Oh, right, to, no, do we right. want to use the sail? So you, you would leave, let go your bond lines and you close. Yeah. 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 At the same time? Yeah. It's on the exactly. Yeah. So you want to um, ease out uh, the clues and the bunts and the leeches. So when there is not much wind, you can just cast them off. But we are told to always ease them out because we have to get used to working in hard weather. So in, in tough weather, rough weather, because if we get used to just cast them off and it's all of some 40 knots of wind, then your sail's gonna rip. Um, and on the same time, you're gonna haul away, away on the sheets. So, um, I, I don't really want to go outside and see with you guys where all these lines are because the weather is pretty nasty so we can just do it from here. Uh, so where are the clues and the bunts for for instance the main sails, the sails on the main mast, where are they attached? Yes, exactly. And the sheets? In the middle. Yes, around the mast yeah. on the forward side. Okay. Um, so, this is basically all for setting a sail that is uh, has a fixed yard. Then we go to the running yards. What you obviously want to do after this is um, put everything back on the pin, uh, take the slack out of the clues and the buns after you have uh, made fast the, the sheets and put it all on the pin and do a nice quilling party. Otherwise you won't have a happy bosun. So, um, when do you do the uh, the pivoting of that one? Is that before or after? You the bracing? Yeah, the bracing. That's after, mostly after you set sail. It depends on the wind, um, because you want to see how the the sails catch the wind. And sometimes before, for instance, I think we did that yesterday or two days ago. Uh, during the night, we braced because we expected the wind to shift. So we took away all the sails and we braced, so that if the wind would pick up, we could immediately set sail. So it kind of depends on the situation and what your officer uh, says. So that's weather dependent, wind dependent. Alex, can I ask you what you're doing? Ubering my kilt to make sure no grass seeds or cat fluff or Dog fluff, thank you, Nolly, will upset the ecosystem in the Antarctic. And I am so glad that my kilt is an expensive one that can go back to its original shape after I am defiling it. <laughs> and uh, do you tend to wear it in Antarctica? Need you ask? Yeah. We're going to get that photo of Alex wearing his kilt. Yeah, full Scottish Scout uniform. <laughs> If Scout Scotland doesn't make that their profile picture, well, there's not much I can do about it. <laughs> I will make sure it gets back over. Cool. Thanks, mate.
stays at today, that's pretty fine. What do I do now? What has Lucy done wrong? Are you recording it for the podcast? Yeah. Well, uh, if I wanted to show, uh, I wish I could show it, but there is puffy places in places that shouldn't be puffy places. <laughs> Technical terms And uh, loose threads. You didn't really count, did you? Either. It's fine. You didn't tell me to count, you just said keep going, so I did. So, what we're going to do, we're going to start actually mixing now. Fanta. So, now we're going Fanta. Now we put this, now we put the needle next to it. Knitting with Darcy in the stressful YouTube series. (laughs) So, I think I have the first. I never did. I got it out in the yeah, 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 no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to keep this all really tight. It'll probably work the same. So when you're at this point, you want to get straight into the second one very quickly, otherwise it, it falls out. So let's go straight into here. All oh, this round. Ah. Okay, where are you up to? So I've done 21. Ooh, very nice. I don't think it's messed up yet. A little bit. <laughs> At the top. Do we get a knitting badge? 100%. So here, it kind of went a bit. <laughs> Let's just take a shape. Okay. So next up, we have the request interview with fellow passenger Aurélie. Uh, she's a wonderful, kind and friendly French lady uh, who was on White Watch with Genevieve, Darcy and I. Um, now, there were two takes of this interview. The first had to be abandoned uh, so that we could concentrate on steering in the Drake Passage. Um, but that was a blessing because the sound is much clearer on the second take, which was recorded sometime later in the Le Maire channel. There we go, that's good. Okay, so it's uh, January the 2nd. 2022 <laughs> and I'm here at the helm of the Barkiropa heading across the famous Drake Passage with Aurel. Is that right? Aurelie. Aurelie. I'm, I'm French. <laughs> Aurelie. Hello everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're doing our best to record a podcast episode. Um, 
So Aurelie, would you like to introduce yourself and say where you're from and um, a little bit about yourself? Okay, I'm from France and uh, uh, I would like to to participate to this amazing trip <laughs> because I'm very passionate with uh, Chackleton and uh, all the explorators of uh, polar uh, expeditions. This is one result and uh, the second result is that I, I practice sailing and uh, it's a privilege for me to to sail uh, on a boat like Park Europa. Oh fantastic, so this is a real dream for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can say that. Definitely. Even so. and, uh, when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning or midnight <laughs> to ste for steering. Yeah, so we've just been woken up at uh, midnight to do a four hour shift and we're in the white watch. Uh, so we do four hours until four o'clock in the morning. Uh, we've got a shift system where we're doing uh, half an hour each um, outside and then we get half an hour inside. Uh, so to have a bit of a break in between. And we go between the uh, steering where Aurelie yes. and I are now. And then we go to the uh, bow of the ship to look out for half an hour. So we're trying to go on a course of 170 and uh, Aurelie's doing an amazing job here. She is on 169, no, she's on 170 right now. There we go. <laughs> okay, so that's our first question. The second question is, um, what is your earliest memory? What is your earliest memory? I think uh, my best uh, memory, uh -huh. I was uh, 15. Yeah. And uh, I, I practiced, I practiced for the first time alpinism, and I climb, uh, I climbed uh, wow. high mountains. Oh, fantastic! So uh, this is uh, so my earliest memory, yeah. uh, fun, amazing earliest memory. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm. So this is the last question. The last no, no, we we'll start. We we'll start from. From the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that's okay. I don't remember what I said. That doesn't matter. Okay. It, it's, it, they'll be able to actually here now. Okay. So because honestly, the yeah. Okay, go. There's right. You ready? I'm you sure ready. you're happy to do this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So I'm here with. Aurélie. Mm -hmm. Aurélie. <laughs> so. So tell me a bit about yourself. My use time. I'm a French woman mm -hmm. and uh, that's all. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what do you do for a living? What's your job? Oh, my job, um, I'm specialized in all the new field of energy, the future of energy. That means renewable energy, smart grids, hydrogen and electrical uh, mobility. Uh, storage, all the new form of energy. Oh, this is my specialization. And that takes you all over the world, or you travel? Yes, uh, yeah. especially specifically in France. Uh -huh. But uh, um, I worked uh, um, several days in the s s corporate strategic 
yeah. strategy of EVF, Electricité de France. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I study the new field of energy uh, abroad okay. as well. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Mm. And uh, where, where are you from in France? I'm from the south of France. Uh -huh. uh, I live in a village near Aix-en-Provence. And uh, yeah. near Marseille, okay. and I used to practice uh, sailing uh, and climbing uh, near Marseille. Okay, so hence coming on a sailing ship to Antarctica. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was your dream to come this way. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes. In fact, I'm uh, on this boat and on this incredible boat, uh -huh. and with incredible persons <laughs> like you, Alan. <laughs> Because it's just an amazing mixture of people, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we have, that's We have right. people from all nationalities, all and I think that makes it interesting. So, yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, cool. And uh, and as you, I'm passionate with um, all the heroic age of polar exploration. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, and particularly. Uh, I, um, I'm fan of Shackleton. Yeah, big fans of Shackleton. We're <laughs> yeah, both fans yeah. of Shackleton. As you know, I, I, with my book about the Scouts. Yes, well, I right? read it. It's very yeah. passionate. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really? Because it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it, this is an unknown uh, yeah. part of, it's little of the piece history of, history. of yeah. the request. And I didn't, yeah. uh, um, I didn't um, heard about this, uh, uh -huh. this history before you. Oh, usually. thank you. It's mm. my fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, so now we can go to earliest memory. So mm. your earliest memory, can you remember it now? So, in fact, uh, I was two. Mm -hmm. The first one uh, is when I was 11, I started to uh, um, to uh, Organized a piece of theaters. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, with theater. The yeah. Theaters with um, with uh, some children. Uh huh. And during uh, four days, yeah. four four years. So, sorry, four yes. years. Uh, I, um, I I I realized a piece of theaters with uh, these children. This is my first um, best memory when uh -huh. I was young. And the second one, yeah. uh, when I was uh, 15, yeah. I discovered uh, alpinism in the French Alps. Oh, um, wonderful. And uh, Walking it was in a the Alps very, is very, for me, very was a wonderful discovery. Mm -hmm. yes, because mm -hmm. this is, uh, uh, that means uh, that you, this is the first, for me, the first uh, high involvement in uh -huh. uh, an exigent uh, yeah. discipline, you see. Oh, okay, yeah. and nature and outside and you Outside yeah. and in uh, raw conditions. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you can't get more raw conditions than uh, Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, yes, I wasn't well equipped, I, uh, uh -huh. I, and, and, uh, but I, I was, uh, this, this, this was freedom, this was yeah. uh, colossal, uh, ah, yes, wonderful. amazing. So yes. you fell in love with the Alps. And, and I, yeah. And and I met at this in this occasion uh -huh. uh, the Chamonix guides. Uh -huh. You see, and this is uh, people who are passionate uh, in mountains and okay and and people uh, who likes uh, mountains uh, usually like uh, the high sea uh -huh. as well. Uh -huh. So okay, the, 
Right. They, they like the grid space. Mm. Space cool. mm. And your question for Shackleton, if you could go back in time and ask Shackleton a question, what would you yes. ask him? Yes, I'm yeah. interested to know that at the end of the life of Shackleton, uh -huh. uh, just after, for example, just after the quest expedition, yeah. if he should uh, form a new crew, okay. uh, which abilities, which personalities, which... Uh, um, Sensitiveness. Yeah, that yeah, exists. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so would, if he was would, to put together another expedition, look for, yeah. you see, a ah, new expectation. Yeah, okay. And uh, what uh, would be important? I for really him like that. That's good. To uh, yeah. in in the recruitment yeah. uh, processing, you see. Okay. Mm -hmm. ah. Okay. Uh, so that's that because one. Because he, he recruited a lot of. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of members of, of a But he was famous group. for being very relaxed in his interview technique. Like he would like if he liked someone he would choose them. Rather uh, than for their necessarily for their ability or for their they just thought they would get on with the rest of the crew. Yeah. Yes, but I think uh, behind that yeah. I think he, he was a sense yeah. of uh, he, he could recognize mm -hmm. a certain mm -hmm. potential, yeah. a certain abilities uh, on people. I, I think, think you're right. I think you're he right. He was relaxed, mm. but uh, he has a, he had a good sense mm -hmm. to uh, to yes to to select and to um, and to and to recognize the potential. That's cool. Okay. Okay, unexpected truth. So, can you tell us something we would not expect about you? Something special you have done or someone special you have met? <laughs> so, is there something in your life that might surprise us? Something, someone special or some special thing you have done? Maybe when I, when I was 18, mm -hmm. uh, I was in Yemen. Yemen? Yemen yes. Wow! Why? I was in Yemen uh -huh. and, uh, and, uh, and I walked not alone uh, but with uh, two other persons uh -huh. in the mountains in oh the mountains yeah. in the mountains of the north of Yemen and wow. each uh, day we uh, um, you, we eat to the door of uh, people, yeah. <laughs> local people, yeah. and we ask them if they can, they could offer us hospitality, and it wow. works very well, very well. Incredible. Yes, yes. Um, what? How come? I, I how come you ended up in Yemen? Was it a special trip or? Yes, I I visited uh, one of my cousins uh -huh. there. Yeah. And uh, he. He learned uh, French yeah. to um, Yemenite, okay. um, Yemenite uh, military. Yeah. Military. Yeah. So uh, it was in this occasion. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I remember that. That's cool. That is unexpected. I would never have thought you've been to. It's an unusual <laughs> country to visit as well. Yes. So uh, you've seen the film uh, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. No, no I, I recommend it. Oh, very really? good film. Very good film. Okay. Yeah, okay. I recommend it. Okay, um, so that's unexpected truth. Uh, 
E for emergency ration. So which food did you bring to Antarctica with you special for you? Or is there a special food you dream of that you would like if you were on expedition? I think cheese. Oh, cheese. Oh, for a French person. <laughs> you like <Cheese>. your cheese. <laughs> of course. Okay. You're missing the French cheeses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So cheese would be your choice. When I, when I, yeah. when I, I'm abroad, uh -huh. uh, cheese, I miss cheese. Okay. Yeah. I have to admit the French are the best at cheese. Yeah. Mm. It's true. Okay. So that's that. And do you have a special item that you take with you when you travel? So like a... Uh, a charm or a keepsake that you if you if you're traveling you always take it with you not no not really no not is there any item you would always have with you when you're traveling no 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 okay no, no mm -hmm. fair enough um i have my my grandfather's medal uh, i always yes. keep it with me so no. like a special yes thing. no okay. i haven't nothing so mm. that's that one um and the final question is your thoughts about Antarctica. Why do you think it's such a special place? <gasps> no, it's a special place. Mm. It's unique. Mm -hmm. It's colossal. For me, the, the adjectives that yeah. ca uh, come back in my, in my mind, it's, it's colossal. It's pure. Yeah. Uh, it's vierge. No, no, vierge that means wild, uh, very wild. wild yeah, uh, wild and colossal, yeah. Colossal, yeah. colossal. It is colossal. Colossal, the mountains are colossal. Yeah. The, the amount of snow uh, that uh, swallow the mountains. Yeah, you yeah. See, they swallow yeah. the they mountains. Do. Yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> it's glacier. Like Yes, yeah. all is colossal, all is colossal. And, uh, I mean, as we're speaking, we are going along the Le Maire Channel and we have these big mountains rising out of the mist, covered in snow. It's mm. beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <coughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen on my podcast. <laughs> So, thanks for listening. Uh, to find out more about the Request 2021 project and how you can support and follow our progress, just visit our website on www.request2021.org.uk. So that's www.request2021.org.uk. And please give this podcast a review on iTunes. Uh, share it out and spread the word to anyone you know who's interested in scouting and Antarctica. Thank you.